Welcome to the Marriage Cave. It's the only podcast hosted by two best friends with really nothing in common except their first names. I'm Mandy Fabian. And I'm Mandy Kaplan. And each week we test the limits of our friendship by arguing over uh, books and podcasts and life choices. Yeah, a lot of life choices. Like Mandy's decision to sit on a stool with a slippery pillow and a hot cup of coffee. (laughs) This could get exciting. Grab a couch. Let's get to it. My choices are so much less interesting than they were when we met. You know what I mean? Like early on, it was like, ah, don't fuck that guy. And now it's like sleeping around and get a different pillow for your ass. Like now that's what it is. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I want everyone to know you (laughs) fell off your stool. And then you described the situation and it sounds extremely precarious. It's like a perfect storm. So I don't know why you would make those choices. Look at how comfortable I am on a chair. I know. With arms. You know. And I know, but no, no slipping. I don't know if the Fandies or anybody knows that I, I do my voiceover in a standing coffin. Like I have this tiny little box that I, that I fit in. It's, I think it's good for my abs to have yeah. to sit up straight on the stool. I'm, I'm always, um, What's the word? Kegeling. I'm always kegeling. I was going to say queefing, but that's not right. Um, <laughs> but sometimes that happens too. Uh, you know, let's be let's be real. I think being authentic yeah. is best. Yes, uh, absolutely. But yeah, I'm in a tiny little space here and it gets very hot. So I have to very often open the door. You know, I was listening it. to our last episode yeah. and you can hear it. <laughs> As you're talking, you hear like... Rrr. Yeah, so I think that's why we could do old timey radio plays at some point, <laughs> and you could do the sound effects. I think that's great, and I think women of a certain age really enjoy our podcast because they understand what that creaking door means. They know what I'm doing here. They get it. <laughs> having a having a flash. <laughs> um. Well, did you listen to Chapel Heart since we spoke last? You know what? I couldn't remember the name. That's how bad it's gotten. I. I know. No, I know. I'm a horrible person, but I'm... Did you remember my phone number to text me and say, what was the name? <laughs> I I know. I know. But the truth is, I've been listening to this freaking audiobook. It's a much bigger commitment. I know we were only supposed to do a couple chapters, but sometimes I get into something and I'm like, how is this going to end? Uh, oh. I And then I, I... I thought we were supposed to do the whole thing. I did do the whole thing. thing. Yeah, I did the whole thing too. But I also was still trying to catch up. I'm on the last episode of Who Shat at My Wedding. Like, I'm just behind. But I've been also so goddamn excitedly busy selling things out of my house. I cleaned out my voiceover booth and I found like a preamp that I haven't used in years. I was like, oh, who's going to want this? And it turns out somebody does. I am selling it online. It's amazing. That's great. I'm selling clothes. I went I went clothes shopping. That's an unheard of thing for me, you know. Right. A, I do. I know. wear like exercise tops to miscast. I mean, it's like we're in it, we're in a deep, we're in a deep trouble over here. But it's I think I was gonna say you wear concert shirts and you're wearing one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. So yeah. <laughs> it says Guster is for lovers, you guys, because Guster's the best band ever on the planet. Beat the Beatles, even. That's what I would say. So you want to come at me about that? Do it. I don't care for the Beatles or Augusta. I know. So I know. I'm fine with the statement. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm. There are no Chapel Heart. I'm so sorry, Chapel Heart. I will. 
I, I by next week I will. That was just a huge podcast foul and life foul and friend foul. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So as long as you feel like shit, I'm happy. I do. I feel terrible. Good. Okay. But I will get into it. We've also been trying to rehearse for the, you know, because we're doing the Bear Music Fest, which next week, that's where we'll be. All right. Very exciting. I love it. Uh, by the way, that's um, bear as in the uh, the animal, not bear. Like it's not a nudist festival, although that would make sense. That would be uh, optional, I thought. <laughs> Nudity optional. <laughs> to be honest, because it's like a Berkeley alumni thing, even though, you know, I didn't go to Berkeley. You're allowed to go there even if you didn't go to Berkeley. But I wouldn't be surprised if I saw people walking around naked. They're very forgiving. No, right. Yes. Yeah. And not a lot of yes. bodies need to look a certain way to be intellectually acceptable. Just so. No, there's a real low bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you uh, want to talk about the book we listened to? Yes. Or? No, yes. Absolutely. Happy Labor Day. Tell, it it, it tell won't be people. Labor Day when yeah. we do this, but I do. So we listened to a book. This is a guy. Uh, it's called Now Is Not The Time To Panic. And oh, wait, somebody's sawing. Sorry outside about that. Booth. I'll close that booth. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I wonder if my Roomba got outside. It sounded a little bit like my Roomba. Uh, who I love, Gary. Love Gary R. My Roomba. Uh it was called Now's the Time to Panic by an author named Kevin Wilson. He wrote this book called Nothing to See Here, which I absolutely adored, like could not stop reading, couldn't believe how funny and bright the writing was. So I thought we would we would try this. And it's a story about, I don't think they have like a trailer or anything. So it's basically a story about these two kids who create a piece of art, a poster that sort of takes off and becomes a bit of a of a cultural hype kind of moment in time it cre- it sets off somewhat of a would you say a movement they put these posters up in their tiny town and no one knows what the posters mean or who's making the posters so people try to claim i made them and other people there there's just a huge fallout from these posters yeah uh and that's that's, that's the book that i the mean book. yeah it's short and sweet yeah, yeah. um i don't know I'll go first since I picked it. I I did not enjoy this book. Okay. I I I thought it was okay, but I found myself listening and going, "Oh my god, enough with the poster and the the phrase." And like, I really like this writer, but at the end, at the end, you know, when I heard him talk about his author's notes, his the first mm-hmm. thing he said was like, I've been trying to write this book for years. And I thought, oh, well, that's the problem. You didn't really have a book here. You had a success with <laughs> uh, uh, Nothing to See Here, which was mm-hmm. innovative and crazy and well-drawn and like totally uh-huh. twists and turns and fucking amazing characters. Amazing. And this was sort of interesting characters, but a little sad. And they just sort of did the same thing over and over again. Like even when the main character becomes a grown woman, she's still an adult. She's still with this thing from her youth. So the posters, um, she befriends a guy named Zeke. He's an artist. He draws a picture and she's a writer and they are 17. And she writes this phrase on the poster. I'm going to mess it up. I don't know if you want to look it up. The Edge is a shanty town for gold seekers. Filled with, filled we are with fugitives. gold seekers. We are fugitives. And the law. And the police, the law skinny is skinny with, with hunger. hunger for yes, us. that's right. So The Edge is a shanty town filled with gold seekers. We have to say it several times because that's that they do in the book, right? 
I mean, they say it a hundred times. <laughs> yes. And we are fugitives and the law is skinny with hunger for us. Mm-hmm. It becomes their mantra, which the author says in his notes actually did happen to him. Yeah. A friend of his wrote that phrase. They thought it was cool and it became this weird mantra for him. But again, that's like taking a private joke and thinking everyone will want to be in, to to read about this. Um, I didn't dislike the book. What what my problem was nothing was happening. Yeah. It was a lot of just these two teenagers who maybe were falling in love and maybe weren't, which was interesting, but we've seen it before. I was wanting it to build to a crescendo in the way one of my favorite books, The Hours, does, which meanders, and then all of a sudden, the last hour is, you know, just breathtaking. And this didn't do it. It, I think it attempted to do it. It attempted to give us this inciting incident towards the end that had a fallout. But I didn't really care. It was interesting, yeah. Like, the the things I liked about it, in the beginning, it really hooked me, right, with that Mazzy reporter. So there's a reporter that calls... In present day. In present day, yes. She calls her now as an adult with a husband and a child and mm-hmm. uh, says she's tr- she wants to talk to her and then she just says the phrase of the poster to get her attention. And it is a provocative, it's an interesting phrase. It's weird enough that you go, what's that? And so that he kind of kicks off the book with like, she has this big secret and there's a reporter trying to find her. And I thought that was a really interesting, cool device, you know? But then, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for people. I will say the other thing I liked about it was that there was something, and to be honest, I mean, of course, I always think of you when I'm listening to these things because I know you're listening at the same time and I'm wondering like right, right. what you're thinking about it and like plus you're obsessed with me Go oh ahead. god all the time yeah. yeah um when I was following you on your walk that day I could tell mm-hmm. you were listening to it and I was trying to guess which spots mm-hmm. you were laughing at um but no because you talk often about um is it is it Matt was Matt like your first love was he like your first teenage love boyfriend official? Yeah. Yeah. Matt Boren. Yeah. yeah. Shout it out to Matt. Um, but like, so I was kind of thinking of like you and Matt Boren, like the the teenage sort of, I don't know if I want to be kissed yet. I don't know how I feel about my body, but them sort of falling in love over this poster and doing like they put their blood on the poster and they kind of kiss, but it's a really... They used to just kiss by just holding their mouths together for long periods of time until their mouths hurt, but they didn't really do anything else. And that kind of like summertime, you know, sort of romance. Yeah. yeah. But anxious romance because it's all new and you're not really sure if you should be doing more or, you know, mm-hmm. I I did enjoy that a lot. Like I really and and I thought it was really cool when the posters got hijacked by someone. And I that's when I mm-hmm. thought oh, shit. It You know, because as a reader, it never occurred to me that somebody was going to take this and then make something evil out of it or or blame it for crimes right. that were happening and stuff like that. Well, it. I was listening to our episode that members have heard who shot at the floor at my wedding. Um, and I had that deep observation last week, and I'd like to expand upon that because oh, please. maybe I'm getting deeper as I get older. That's amazing. But the idea of... You can make anybody believe anything and you can, by spin, you can influence people. And so these posters go up. No one knows who does it. It becomes satanic panic. Yeah. The cops say it must or um, 
kids are doing drugs and to get out of getting in trouble, they claim that the people who made the posters kidnapped them and made them do drugs or something. And it all becomes a statement about this satanic panic that was very real in at that time in the early 90s. Uh, right. Shout out to West Memphis Three. I was I'm obsessed with that case. So I are they listeners? I get. <laughs> well, they're free, so they might be able to. I I thought he was going to make a bigger statement about society and and what happens in a small town when rumors get out of control. And it didn't satisfy. It was. I think he touched upon those things and kids get hurt, but it wasn't like yeah. it didn't go far enough to make it feel uh, the stakes were never high enough for me. Um, yeah. The kid that fell, he fell. Did he fall just hanging a poster on a water tower like he was trying that's, to hang That's one? what I think. He was trying. Yeah. yeah. I would say there was a lot of that. Like, and I wonder if it's because it was sort of based on something from his his own life that he couldn't take the story much further he didn't want people to actually right. get hurt or there to be real scandal like even later when we set up i'm sorry i'm gonna blow it now for people <laughs> spoiler alert but later when she finally tells her mom like hey i'm the one that did that poster and the mom's like i know and you go wait what like i mean it, maybe that's the point of the book is that she's but she was so obsessed with it the fact that there was absolutely no fall no fallout really in her life like not even her husband like everything was kind of like oh okay you did this thing it that's what you're talking about right it's like it it didn't really it was yeah. it was kind of an interesting thing like she was you know famous for a second and she was really obsessed with this poster but it there wasn't a lot of it just kind of was a a blip of trivia on the morning news for a little while and then it stopped and it's kind of cool that right. a piece of art did that but it didn't actually have any real world <laughs> ramifications right she's not banksy and mm -hmm. I, and if she, if she and zeke that summer had robbed a bank and gotten away with it that's more interesting yeah or if they you know got into a car accident and accidentally killed somebody or god gosh forbid if they were protecting that type of high state secret this would have been more interesting but really they drew a picture they made out and that was yeah <laughs> and we were supposed to you know yeah. care and follow their story and i think you it, but he's a good writer so that's probably why like i feel the same way i'm like i didn't hate it uh, he oh i didn't hate it it was interesting yeah short story maybe a thousand percent agreed it would have been a really interesting short story <clears throat> and i also think that i blame you as i like to do yeah sure because you told me many times how hilarious he is oh. and how he's such a funny writer and that this is not a funny book. i know there's no comedy to be found and so I, my expectation was oh i'm gonna laugh Shit, out loud or oh i'm gonna get you know really funny stuff here Ain't no funny in this book. I'm so sorry. You know, I should have assigned nothing to see here because that is a laugh out loud, crazy fucking book. I mean. Well, now I don't believe you. I know. I know. I just, it was so good. I assumed that this one would be kind of similar, but I was equally, equally sort of nonplussed. But you mentioned Banksy. Yes. What do you know about Banksy? Because I know very little like if i saw a piece of I banksy even art, less. oh okay because you said she wasn't banksy and i was like did banksy have was she beyond there's a really great um 
great documentary called Exit Through the Gift Shop. Right. Documentary. Are we allowed to talk about that? Anyway, um, and that talked about Banksy and people who wanted to sort of join that movement of street art and all that. But was it there? Was there some sort of cultural revolution or rebellion? I mean, I guess you're not supposed to vandalize, right? You're not supposed to put graffiti up. But did Banksy do that? Was it was what was the rebellious part of that? Just being secret? Well, not knowing Banksy's identity. No one knows. Yeah. Okay, I think, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> oh boy. Excuse me, sorry. I have friends in the booth today. Um, that, that's interesting. If you were going to have your Banksy kind of identity as an artist, I think it'd be really fun to go by a pseudonym for a month and just see what kind of shit you'd write or do or say if you didn't, if you were never going to be held accountable, right? So right. what would be, do you have like a idea of what your your word or your name would be if you were going to have like a oh like a no counterculture <laughs> right maybe no i mean i'm not interested in counterculture but i have definitely as a writer you and i are both writers of screenplays and tv shows and such yeah and i'm often really hamstrung by i don't want to offend anybody even though that joke is hilarious, I can't have people yeah. thinking I wrote a joke that could offend no. or be, you, you let know. me write so, those jokes. <laughs> you're even safer than I am. You often rein me in. <laughs> so I, I would let that side of myself out and just go for it. No matter how X-rated or politically incorrect my joke is, I would, they would see the light of day because I would be, yeah. I don't know, like Mandy Fabian. <laughs> I was going to say, we both go by just Mandy. So yes, that's actually right. one way to be able to point the finger at someone else. That's pretty great. But it would be fun to release the crack in there. <laughs> what would you do if you had a pseudonym? Well, I did coin a phrase recently. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I, I think I'm a bit of a fun junkie, which makes me a funky. Uh, mm. And I don't know, like, funky i'm i don't know like i want like maybe like swifty like i'm i wonder if like funky could be funky cole mandina oh god you're good yeah yeah yeah, that would be a good one it's a three words it's a lot to type but um (laughs) but yeah i get paid by the word that's why yeah i I get it i get it um yeah but i don't know like jigsaw no, that sounds violent. I don't know. I'm going to, I'll work on it. <laughs> please, please. I've been doing Wordle, so. Um, but what would you do as this alter ego? I'm less interested in the name. I'm more interested in. Well, here's the problem. I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm very good at the counterculture stuff. Like, I think I, I write stuff that I think is like really rebellious. And then when mm-hmm. I really look at it, there's a there's a little bit of that like I think about four or five other people wrote that way before you did and they did it like 10 years ago. <laughs> I think I'm a late adopter of yeah. progressive views. Yeah, uh, you know. So that's why I just stick to the fun. Um yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> During the pandemic, I stopped writing. I didn't really write uh scripts as much and I wrote just for fun. Like I wrote short stories and I wrote essays and I had a really good time uh, doing that. So like, yeah, I was just writing something different, but it, I don't know if it was particularly right. rebellious, but writing just for you is kind of great. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I'm not, I don't think, I just I'm, don't think I'm that edgy. I just need, I crave validation too much. So I can't, you know, it's, I don't write my morning pages like the artist's way. I don't keep a journal because when I do, I'm always thinking somebody's got to read this. This is funny shit. So, uh, oh yeah. Oh my God. You are very funny. I mean, you do. You're one of the funniest writers. Bless your heart. It's true. Thank you. It's true. Um, well, yeah. So that was the book. I don't think we have a that was the whole book. lot more to say about it, right? No. Um, okay. Well, do you want to give it man jobs? 2.5, if that. Yeah. Sorry. I'd give it three. It's kind of interesting, but it does. I don't think it totally delivers. I'm sorry, Kevin. It is narrated by Jennifer Goodwin, if you do it on Audible, and she is so wonderful. Oh, so, I didn't know that that was her. Yeah. Wait a second. She's fantastic. Are there different narrators for Audible versus, like, something else? Not in general. Oh. She, so if a book sticks around long enough, that they might say, oh, we're going to have a different person narrate it now. But oh, interesting. But in general, it's one narrator for a book like that. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Because I think it's a fairly she was great. new book. Um, all right. Well, okay. So, you know, that was the experience. But uh, thank you for taking the ride. And I, we did finish it. So that, that says something. At least, you know. Yeah, it was it was nice and quick. Yeah, it was quick. Breezy. Yes. Yep. Um, so but let's uh do a little business and then I have a game for you. So Yay! everyone, listen up because this is very important to us. The man gave us a production of True Story FM, music by Ian Post and engineering by the brilliant and talented Pete Wright. Uh and if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do go there and Give us some stars and a review. We love hearing from you. And um, it helps spread the word because, you know, we live in a society of followers and no one wants to do anything unless someone else does it first. You can be a trendsetter. You can make change. Uh, so write that review. This is very exciting. Yeah. As you're talking, yeah. The that giant boulder from Indiana Jones has apparently yeah. been unleashed right outside your studio yeah. and is rolling towards yeah. you. Oh, you want me to hustle it up? Is that what you're saying? No, oh. the, the the noise. <laughs> Is that your garage door opening? The noise. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even hear it. I oh. very rarely ever hear anything when I'm talking. Well, that's... That, so there's your urgency, okay? So please do that for yes. us. And... Uh, and while you're feeling supportive, we want to build our Fandy community. So please go to mancave.com slash Fandy, F-A-N-D-Y, five bucks. And you join, you get some secret content at the beginning of every episode. You get your your episodes a week in advance, which is a lot of fun. Uh, you'll get a birthday message. You have more access to us. Please, please become a Fandy. And then you can join us on Discord, which is mancave.com slash Discord. It's a fun way to reach out and talk to us. And then, of course, we have our merch, uh, which is mancave.com slash merch. And there's great stuff we're heading into the winter months, so I'm going to need all new sweatshirts and cozy yes. clothes and travel mugs and all of yeah. that fun stuff with so many different fun phrases yep. and pictures. And Pete does a great job with those graphics. So please support the Man Cave any way you can. Yes. Don't have FOMO, guys. You don't want to miss out. Um, Is FOMO similar to FUPA or am I? I no, I think they're they're different. They're definitely different. Oh. Um, it's it, it would really be full mom because it'd be fear of missing out Mandy's missing out on uh -huh. Mandy's full mom full yes. moon. Anyway, we'll discuss that later. All right. Okay. I have a game. Um so this was a podcast, uh, sorry, this was a book that was all about lying. And mm. 
So I decided to, we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. I love it. I love this game. Oh, good. But I did a little spin on it because there was a lot more lying than truth telling in this book. So we're going to do two lies and a truth. Thank God. <laughs> You're right. Your truths aren't that interesting. No. I've heard them no. all. Let's... Lies are way more fun. So uh, yes. that's what we're going to do. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Here are your two lies and a truth. The Edge is the name of the U2 drummer. The Edge is an actual name of a shantytown. The Edge is a suspense thriller starring Barbara Stanwyck and Edie Amin. Edie Amin, the brutal dictator? Yes. <laughs> Well, I know the edge is in you too. I don't know if he's the drummer, but I know the edge is in you too. So I'm I know that's the truth. All right. Okay, great. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think it was Did you mean Edie Amin yeah. or did you mean someone else? No, I mean Edie Amin. <laughs> Didn't he have a sister? It's spelled E D I E. Does that sound like a 1940s oh, kind God. of star? Okay. All right. Um okay. Here we go. Two lies and a truth. Mm -hmm. My mother named me after a hooker. My mother used to put burning bags of poop on people's porches. My mother only recently stopped putting poop on people's porches. I'm, I mean, I want to say the B. I think she did that. You think she put burning bags of poop on people's porches? Yes. Yeah. No. Nope. She named me after a hooker. And this is where what? I revealed to that you. So sweet. Yeah. I revealed to you, Mandy, that there's a song called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Uh, yeah. Yep. She lives on Mandy Lane and her name is Mandy and the boys love Mandy Lane. So we are named after a hooker. I don't know where your mom got it, but <clears throat> I, I I can't remember where my mom got it either. Yeah. If she listened to this podcast, she would write in and tell us, but she does not. <laughs> Maybe she'll so. leave it on Apple Podcasts. Maybe she'll leave it as a review. I'm sure she yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Uh, the whole Amanda thing, just a front. We are both named Amanda, actually, but the whole, she never intended that. It was always going to be Mandy the Hooker. So, all right. Oh. Uh, all right, here we go. Two lies and a truth. My first poster was a Cheryl Teague poster. The father of poster art was a French artist named Jules. When I met Patrick, he had a John Travolta poster hanging in his bedroom. I'm going to go with Jules, and Teague is supposed to have an S at the end of it. Uh, well, as a kid, I didn't. <laughs> that's, why I don't think, that's why I don't think you had a poster of Cheryl Teague's. I didn't, but my dad did. And it was up in okay. their bathroom. And I used to go and sit on the toilet and look at that poster and be like, what the heck? That's what women are we supposed have to, have to look like. Bathroom poster talk. Okay. So great. we will. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could do it now. Is it it's a whole other thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No. Um, but wait, I want to know what the truth was. Oh, you were right. Yeah. It's a French artist named Jules. Yes. Okay. So uh my parents growing up we we lived our lives on the upper floor and then downstairs was like a basement and an office and a teeny tiny bathroom the kind that you have to like wiggle in and sit like my booth and so they yes so they spent zero money on decorating or you know they just 
it was just a toilet and a sink. And they put up this very, very cool, you might have seen it other places, old movie poster, um, old movie wallpaper. And it's little clips of Marilyn Monroe and Rita Hayworth. And uh, it's just really cute on one yeah. wall. It's this old-timey movie. Amazing. Right? And uh, then, Barbara Stanwyck and Edie Amin are on there, yeah? They're both yeah. on there. Yes. Um, and then they decided, well, that looks really cute. We could just do it ourselves and not spend any more money on wallpaper. So that they put up a couple of movie posters and articles of like Paul Newman, handsomest man alive. My mom loved Paul Newman. And they just started on the other wall doing all this weird shit. Then my dad, I guess, thought it would be funny to put Bella Lugosi as Dracula over the toilet like this. <laughs> I'm doing the vampire pose like he's ready to suck my blood. So I was afraid to pee downstairs my whole life. Still gives me pause. Because that poster, I could stare at those old movie, you know, stars and be so happy. And then I would turn and see Bella Lugosi looming. So, oh, my God. Uh, Very traumatizing. And we had the Charlie's Angels. Cheryl Teagues, I think, was a replacement. No, Cheryl Ladd. Cheryl Ladd, yes. But we had, for no reason, my mom ripped off a Time magazine with the Charlie's Angels on the front. I mean, it was really makeshift. Positive female role models. I mean, she had two girls. She had to, you know, show them what was possible beyond being a housewife. Um, My sister did have a John Travolta poster, and she had it hanging over her bed. Oh, hello. Uh huh. Yeah. You can tell by the way she mm-hmm, used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Was it that one? Was it staying a lot or sedentary no, fever? No, it was Grease all the way, baby. I don't even yeah, know if it was Grease specific, but it was just him, you know. I mean, yeah, talk about the person. I think we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast when only Fandies could hear it, but the person who has that it quality. You ever, you ever seen, did you ever go to the Grease sing along at the Hollywood Bowl and. That oh, yeah. moment when Danny turns oh, around yeah. and it's John Travolta and you're like, Jesus, yeah. God, there's no one more beautiful. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, he was He's something else. All right. Um, okay, so sorry. We'll get back to the two tr- two lies and the truth. All right. Yes. Uh, I have never broken a bone. My children have never broken bones. The correct way to treat a broken bone is to drive a car around hanging up posters. Uh, a, you have never broken a bone. Not true. My oh. children have never broken bones. They've had dislocated shoulders. <laughs> I know that. Um, that is called nursemaid's elbow. And a lot that is a of cautionary kids... tale. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Patrick used to swing them around. I'm like, they're yep. two. But, but, you know, <laughs> enthusiastic father. Enthusiastic. You, that's the kind you yep. want. Um, not the one that, like, emails you weird shit later in life. You want the one that break, uh, nearly breaks your arm. Okay. Um, next, I have a friend who ate a fly on purpose. I have a friend who once told a story about her dog licking up snot off the ground and she couldn't get through telling it without gagging herself. She'd go like this the whole time. Okay. I have a friend who is now a conspiracy theorist and believes I'm a pedophile. All three are true. Yes. Oh, my God. That was a trick question. Because 
because I ate that fun <laughs> and I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, my uh, my friend Ricky. And I know you're in that cabal where with the kids in your Hollywood. I know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't, I've never had a dog, I, though. That's not I me. can't believe you nailed it. That's that's amazing. Um, no, you know, my friend Ricky, her daughter accidentally ate a fly, a dead fly off the floor. So my friend Ricky, because she wanted to experience what her daughter experienced, ate the other half. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, you, I'm impressed. That was good. Okay, here's two more. Ready? Uh, three more. Yeah. My father has his pilot's license. What? After I saw Top Gun, I dressed as Kelly McGillis for Halloween and learned how to fly a Cessna 157. My Aunt Myrna is currently living with a robot. Okay. Two lies and a truth. Uh, B is true. Yeah, that is true. I did want to be... Yes. I wanted to be Kelly McGillis, like an actress, but also an expert on planes. Yeah. Yes. And I think and all the fandies or everyone listening is is remembering when we reviewed Top Gun Maverick, oh, Mandrick. That's right. That you said that. I so thought I had told you that before. I cheated. No, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. I wanted a gimme because who knows about that robot thing? You know what I mean? I can't honestly yeah. say whether that's true or false. She has a lot of... She might have a Roomba. Opera, sing- opera singers that come in and out of her house. Um, and they are into weird shit. Okay. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Two lies and a truth. Donald Trump won the 2020 presidential election. Donald Trump is currently under indictment under four different jurisdictions for 91 criminal charges. Ridiculous. Donald Trump is my mother-in-law. Which one is the truth? Can you guess? Well, I would say Donald Trump is your father. Clo- is a closer. <laughs> he's uh, he's like comparison. that. He's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's he. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a gimme. The trick question was really the three true ones. Okay. Uh, ready? Mm-hmm. Ponzi schemes are actually named after a dude named Ponzi, and he convinced people to speculate on postage stamps. Now, I just made that up. Okay. Two, the Chicago Black Sox were really famous for their stylish black socks. And three, Watergate was a famous plumbing scandal. <laughs> so it's got to be the Black Sox, but I didn't, I've never heard of the Chicago Black Sox. <laughs> okay. No. The first one is true. There is a guy, his last name is Ponzi, and the very first Ponzi scheme in 1920 was him getting... Was about postage Yes, stamps? he got people to speculate on a postage stamp situation, and that was the oh. first scheme that, you know, got built people out of their money. Yeah. And it was named a Ponzi yeah. scheme ever since then. Interesting, right? No, the Chicago Black Sox were famous, but they were a team, and I don't remember if I... I don't know if I really have this right, but I think what they did is they threw the World Series, but they were they were before the White Sox, I think, or it was simultaneously. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I know that story. That but, was the Chicago Black but, Sox. Oh, I didn't know How that. How about that? And they may oh. have worn stylish black socks. I don't know. They might but have. that's not what they were. So that could be true. But that's not what they were famous for. I don't think. It depends on which magazine you read. Um, You did great. Sure. You Hey, thanks. You did great. And I think it was a lot of fun and we learned a lot about each other, which is... We'd, I'm sorry. I, now I'm realizing how much detail I went into about my downstairs <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. You know that um, scary thing that's posted in the in the Discord, <laughs> the scary skull face that's... It's been going around our house. Abby has now put it yes, in yes, the washing yeah. machine. She put great. it in my bed. I love it. 
it's everywhere. That thing is going back it. and forth for both of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. Good stuff. Okay. While well, I can still breathe, because I think this is, <laughs> I think the giggles are setting in. <laughs> Next week we're go- we're gonna listen to Seth Rogen's uh, yearbook. Oh, it's a very short, fun cast of lots of people auto- audiobook, autobiographical. It is not struck work. It fun. I've wanted to listen to it because I think it'll be funny. I love it. That's and Seth Rogen is actually funny. He's unlike oh, Kevin Wilson. Jesus. Ouch. He is funny. This just wasn't his funny book. I think, you know, that happens to a lot of authors. They have a great first novel, and then their second one is like, I have this idea, I guess. And you're like, uh-oh. Yep. That's trouble. Um, <laughs> oh no. They can't all be downstairs bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting that on a poster. They can't oh. all be downstairs. Remember, Fandies, as you move throughout your day. They can't all be downstairs bathrooms. They just can't. Sad but true. Yeah. Yep. All right. All I right. love you. Love See you. See you next week. 